0: Welcome back to Camero Conversations with your host Colin Campbell and today is episode 223 of the podcast and I'm joined in conversation by Mr. Marcus Hussle. Marcus is the founder of Aura Consulting, the most experienced OnlyFans management agency and he's also the founder of Aura Coaching which teaches you how to start and scale a highly profitable OnlyFans agency. This 100-minute podcast that we filmed out in Dubai is the origin story and makings of the man who has gone on to build a hugely successful business and lifestyle from extremely Extremely humble beginnings. We go deep on transformative moments, sources of inspiration, learning experiences, shifting perspectives, and pivotal times that you can learn from and introduce into your own life and consider it within your journey. You can also expect to learn about the psychology behind OnlyFans. This is such a a lifting of the lid on a sector that nobody really truly understands. We talk about how the revenue numbers are generated, how the models make their money, how they promote things, and what happens behind the scenes in terms of systems and processes. This is a real look underneath the hood. This is the second episode from our Dubai podcast tour, and I know that you're going to love it. So please do show your support for the show, hit subscribe and share this to your Instagram story, or send the link direct to a group chat or a friend who needs to understand a little bit more about this sector and will also benefit from Marcus's mindset and story. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported not by one of my usual sponsors, but by my podcast masterclass. Starting and sustaining a podcast is, it's borderline impossible to get to 223 episodes and the place where the show is now globally in the world has been incredible. But 4 million podcasts started in 2023 and 80% of them failed before episode eight and a further 10% dropped off before episode 21. So the chances of success are really, really low but I'm telling you on the other side of working through that inertia is the ultimate personal brand and networking tool for you and your business. And I have shared my three years of knowledge in a nine module 54 video course so you can start, sustain, and scale your podcast in the right way. It includes things like the nuts and bolts of software, hardware, equipment, and editing. But more importantly, we get into frameworks, processes, and tools I use to approach, secure, the biggest and best guests in your field, in your niche, how to prepare, how to research, how to ask great questions, and how to host an episode in a way that really gets the most from the conversation. And last but not least, I also have a module fully on marketing and distribution because ultimately you want to get it out there to the most eyes and ears possible. The link will be in the show notes and it will be to mypodcastmasterclass.com think ethic and it'll be linked in the show notes now i said this is the second of our dubai podcast the next one that will come out on new year's day because this is christmas eve and this is releasing is with daniel Priestley, who was another incredible conversation and i know you're gonna have so much enjoyment from the next run of episodes that we've got but right now the music's gonna play you have a hundred minutes with myself and the entertaining and the wise marcus hustle Marcus, welcome to the show. We're chatting so much before we hit record, (laughs) we might as well get started.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on it, bro. And
0: we've been able to make it happen while I'm out here in Dubai, which I think is absolute class, and you've rocked up to the studio in one of your amazing cars, but life was very, very different growing up. I want to go back to that and understand where... The Marcus Hustle came from.
1: <laughs> wow, should I start right from the beginning? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, I haven't done this in a long while by the way, giving everybody uh, a context from exactly day one, so uh, there's a quite a long story. And it's so
0: many people see the product now, yeah. I think context is king in everything. Absolutely agree. And it'll maybe point to some of the traits that I've learned about you and doing research for this episode that I admire and I think people will admire about you. Those don't come from nowhere, so I think let's Let's go deep.
1: Amazing. Okay, so I was born in Latvia. Uh, it's an Eastern European country. Pop- total population is 1.9 million people. For a bit of a uh, comparison, I think just London itself is maybe 20, 25 million people. UK is like 62 million. So very, very, very small. And Most people, when they heard the, the name uh, or the word Latvia, they were like, what? And most people, that's their reaction. So that's where I was born. It's East, little Eastern European country, um, two beautiful uh, parents. I lived in Latvia until I was 10 years old, until uh, my parents uh, decided to break up. Um, Unfortunately, my dad was an alcoholic, and uh, to me, absolutely perfect, never abusive, nothing like that. But unfortunately to my mom, he wasn't the greatest of partners. Um, But again, I was only up until 10 years old. I never learned about it, never realized that, you know, I'm a kid. So they decided to break up. Um, To give you guys a bit of context, I guess uh, this is very important. Uh, From the age of one to 10, when I lived in Latvia, we lived in a a small little farmhouse I genuinely mean this when I say you can ask me I'll send you some videos and photos so you can put it up now The house that we lived in we didn't have a toilet as we didn't have electricity for most of the time We had to use candles so to a lot of people who are listening to this who are from Eastern Europe It sounds like well, yeah, like okay, (laughs) that's nothing weird But whenever I tell people about it from my friends in the UK, etc. They're like what you what the fuck do you mean? You did It's like
0: relative poverty in the UK is very very different now to 15, 20 years ago, and then there's other parts of the world where that's still a situation where we would would describe that as absolute poverty, but in the UK it would be like a one in like one million circumstances for that to happen. Right,
1: And I think a lot of people need to realise how fortunate they are to be either born in the UK or being able to speak English, etc. So we live there because um, I like to give people a bit of context. I think uh, for me personally, I think it's very, very important for people to know exactly kind of how, why, when, etc. So that's how I grew up till the age of 10. Um, my parents decided to break up. I moved to, uh, immigrated to the UK with my mum. Reason being is because after my parents broke up, my mum found, which is now my stepdad, through like online. And uh, my stepdad is also Latvian, but he was living in the UK. He was working there as a carpenter. And long story short, we uh, immigrated to the UK. Um, when we immigrated, um, I couldn't speak English at all. I'm also the only child, so it was just me and my mum. I had no friends, obviously. I didn't know anybody. I didn't even know this stepdad now, right? This is, well, Everything is brand new. So, no English, don't know anybody, don't know what the hell's going on, I'm ten years old, what's going on? Um, and as you can imagine, school wasn't the greatest for me. I'm like, I'm the freshie. <laughs> I can't speak English much, uh, I have no friends, um, we still are very, very poor because we live in a council estate. My mom would make me pack lunch and, you know, barely what she could give me. Um, so, you know, school wasn't like the easiest for me, as you can imagine. But I was always, I um, wouldn't say like a class clown, but I just tried to make the best of every situation. Humor? Yeah, because I just tried to make people laugh. And that's how I made friends you know, because I had nothing else, I couldn't really play football, everybody else wanted to play football, I was like, I'm not really good at it, (laughs) so making people laugh was kind of my thing, you know, Um, so, and in school, by the way, because I know a lot of people will be like, I I sound British, you know, Um, I, in school, i between the age of 10 to 15 I want to say instead of doing PE which is like sports and science I done extra English lessons so that's why I picked up the language really quickly and I think when you're a kid and you're learning a language you pick it up with the accent. You're much
0: more moldable wherever you learn the language is probably where the region is going to come from because
1: what part of England did you move to? Uh, Suffolk. Uh, Suffolk's a county but the actual place was Sudbury okay Um, little village like town as well (laughs) so um yeah so that was um that was me from up until the age of like 17 Uh, this is now kind of middle school slash high school um I was a pretty quiet kid um, but I also knew everybody at the same time I wasn't just like just with the nerdy kids in the library I was maybe one day and then one day I'd play football with like the cool kids you know again uh, for me it's just I always found it pretty easy to uh, speak with people and blend in etc because I mean In my head, I'd never really thought about things too deep i think a lot of people especially in school they get too developed up into like what's cool what's we get wrapped up in the hierarchy as well so you yeah. mentioned
0: the cool kids that played football but you were also not f- not bothered by oh i could spend time with the nerdy kids in the library and, yeah.
1: I was playing uh, video games in the library with on my phone with the uh, with the nerdy kids move, i, I move, was the nerdy kid <laughs> move between
0: crowds yeah. like quite seamlessly i think that's an important skill set to recognize yourself and some of it like we're post hoc rac- rationalizing aren't we but at the same time yeah. it's interesting to think back and be like oh that's interesting because so many people like you say they get caught up in what crowd of men in, they put themselves in a the box, yeah. and that can obviously lead to future choices as well when it comes to education or yeah. social groups or activities that you take part in.
1: Because it's, it's like what you said, it moulds you, right? Especially when you're a young kid or becoming a young adult, like those are the years that are going to mould you as who you're going to be, how you're going to be when you're older, right? So I, I turned out um, pretty all right in school. Um, I didn't really get the best of grades. I never, never, ever, ever revised. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying that that, that was just, a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a young guy watching this, please revise. Be, you know, make, make sure you take school serious because uh, I didn't. But I mean, I, I'm very, very fortunate that it's worked out for me. So that was up until the age of 17. And uh, my dad, by the way, at this point, was still living in Latvia. And uh, of course, I was living with my mom in the UK. And fortunately, um, just when I finished college, um, well, actually I dropped out of college, I went to do media um, because in school, like I said, I didn't get any good grades. The only one subject I got, actually there was two, I got good uh, grades in was media, which was like photography, videography kind of in one, and uh, drama. <laughs> I didn't really care about drama. I just It was just easy for they me.
0: stimulated you even more though than other things. Correct,
1: yeah, because it's creative, right? So for me, it's like sitting down and just looking at numbers and letters, like it's just boring to me. I, I you know, now I do it, you know, but but it's a different way. Um, but yeah, back then, 100%, it, didn't, it wasn't stimulating enough, right? It was a bit boring. Um, so media was the only thing that I really got a good grade in, and I enjoyed. And I was like, well, sure, I'll just do that in and this in the school system. Said, right,
0: this is how it works. You go and do this. After this, you need to do further education. You went right. I'll tick that box. And I had
1: no idea. I genuinely had no idea. My mum as well, bless her. She obviously wasn't from the UK, and the education system in Latin is a little bit different i mean overall of course it's kind of you know uh, primary school school uh, high school college and then university kind of the same but it works ever so slightly different um, and i didn't know anything i was just letting the teachers tell me what to do and i was like all right sure so now i'm in college right and i'm thinking okay what's next uh, and, and they were telling me, so after this, you know, you've got two years or three years. After this, you've got university. I'm like, what's university? What is that? And I'm like, so this is where you're going to go, where you get to choose. You don't have to do it. But if you choose, you have to, you know, probably get a loan or pay 9,000. And then you're going to have to be in um, further education for four years, etc. In my head, I'm thinking, I don't like school. I don't have the money. Why would I choose to do that? So I dropped out and to give you some bit of context as well up until the age of 17 I never like went out partying I never um, was like with girls I was a really really like introverted kid just stayed at home playing Xbox all day every day and then from 17 to 18 when I started college that's when I started hanging around with like new different friends because again college it was everybody's different I don't know anybody and um, I just happened to hang around with again kind of like the cool kids if you want to say and they were always inviting me to these house parties and I was like sure I'll come Uh, and that's where I got introduced to like uh, yeah just like going out having fun doing yeah. this and that whatever seeing girls um so that's where i kind of i guess came out of my show because before that i was literally just staying at home playing video games
0: socially you start to understand maybe the temptations of gratification instant gratification yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i'm on board i'm on board I, 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 fi- I find this this period quite interesting because as you said you went to study media and if we go on to what you've gone on to do thankfully that is probably one of the one skills from that period of time that actually right? makes sense
1: yeah it's very interesting and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how we got onto that as well. Uh, so, I, because I don't want to bore the the people that are watching, I just want to get to the most important part um, of of my story. Unfortunately, um, after I dropped out of college after one year, unfortunately, my dad, who was in Latvia, he had passed away in a car crash. Um, it was just. A freak accident is life. It happens, you know. Um, of course, I was devastated as a young adult. i just turned 18. Um, but I realized that's when I really, really realized, okay, well, i got to stop doing all this, going out, partying, playing video games because it's just me and my mom now. Like I said, I don't have any siblings, no brothers, sisters. Uh, I don't have a dad who can look after. He was still sending me like 400 euros a month or something like that, you know, still helping us. Um, didn't have that. And no grandparents. It's just me and my mom. I have to man up um and you know again this is why i say everything happens for a reason um because of that that's when my mind just completely shifted i feel like i yeah became a man that day um i said right listen i need to make money that's number one i'm broke at this point right i'm living at my mom's house i am broke um i started trying to get different jobs here and there i got a door-to-door job i had a, a, a i heard working. you talk
0: about this before it was like rspca fundraising or something isn't it? yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's,
1: that's mad and i actually done that for a whole year um if anybody has any experience with door-to-door jobs i mean the average person stays for maybe two weeks two weeks is quite a long time um but i stayed for a whole year because i found it again pretty easy um not an easy in the sense that um you know, I was just making loads of sales, easy in the sense that it made sense to m- in my head, because the more doors I knocked on, the more people I spoke to, the more people I spoke to, the more sales I was probably going to get. Nobody else seemed to understand that. Everybody else just wanted to knock on 10, 20 doors and just hopefully they make a, a bit of cash and then go home. I knocked on like 150 doors a day when the average person would do genuinely maybe like 25, 30. So no wonder I was making more than, than everybody else.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a numbers game in that space as well, because rejection is gonna be so, so high.
1: Yeah. And and I tell you what, that door-to-door job was one of the best things to ever happened for me when it comes to like business terms. Because at this point I never understood commission. Didn't even know what that was. I never understood sales. I never had done sales. So this molded me into 100% of who I am now. Massive part of who I am right now was that door-to-door job. for an year. I mean imagine knocking on 150 doors uninvited. It's a
0: really challenging experience. Um recent podcast guest is um, an ecom entrepreneur in Scotland called Scott McClure. He was doing door knocking for like a windows and like refurbishment company. Yeah. Proper soul destroying stuff. Yeah. But so many of the skills that he employs now in terms of resilience and mindset and perseverance. So he harks back to the days where it was freezing cold and he's knocking these doors being told no being told no being told no and then getting the yes and yeah. then being like Oh, <laughs> just buzzing from it and like yeah, sometimes course. you get that feeling and you know I need to do more of this and it can be in different arenas as you've yeah. gone on to do but that buzz of the chase becoming a yes and becoming a contract uh, yeah. and a, a, a commission
1: that feels great incredible right It's it, you can't just you can't like uh you can't even describe it you have to feel it for yourself so for any young man um watching i really do recommend if you want to get out of your kind of bubble if you feel like you're an introverted guy i think you should definitely look at a door-to-door job don't do it for maybe a year like i did that's unnecessary because i didn't think of anything else but you know maybe do it for like two three months really put yourself out of your kind of comfort zone it's, it's what, only gonna what do else well. did you learn from that experience then over that the door to door job yeah. fantastic question you know I've never no one's ever asked me this so um, great question there's a lot so of course sales but within sales there are so many things involved right so number one uh, is body language um, Well, this is door to door so it's a little bit different um, in terms of like Zoom right Zoom you can still see them and body language is kind of important you know you wouldn't do a zoom call like this you know like that's common sense but with door-to-door because you are physically right in front of them it matters a lot so for example um what a lot of people would do is they would knock on a door and just stand there like this like really timid. I don't know, nervous timid yeah for me I'll, I would literally knock on a door and just like like lean like this on the wall <laughs> like lean like this and I'd just be dead like casual just chilling I don't make too big of a deal out of it and when they open a the door I'm like Hi, how are you doing? You're right, I'm just in the local area, da-da-da, right? So that's number one, body Very language casual. is huge. Yeah, um, tonality, massive tonality. Because I think a lot of people, they just talk in one monotone like this, and they're pretty, da, 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 right? This is
0: the number one thing that I do in my sales consultancy stuff for yeah. businesses. I'm like, elevate your tone at the point when it matters. And people are like, oh, what do you mean? Well, when you're presenting something, they should be excited about it. So for example, with the RSPCA, you're like, we can save... Eight thousand dogs. If you donate two pounds, and that, that you need to get excited at that point because you want them to be excited. Correct. But like you say, so many people are like monotone, and you have no idea when yeah. to get
1: when when somebody should focus on those words. Yeah, and another one leads exactly what you're talking about leads into the third one, which is mirroring. You guys, you, you guys, I'm sure you talk about it as well, right? You do more so tele, tele, over the telephone, telephone right? phone, email. But Zoom. but even the over the phone, you can 100% because if you pick up the phone and somebody goes, hi yeah, da, 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 you're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, you know, the same energy. But if somebody answers the phone, they're like, what is it? <laughs> then you'd be like, listen, I'm just gonna be really quick. Re-. You know, you're in the same kind of level. Yeah, I, I,
0: I also think people can take note of this in like within working within teams. Mm-hmm. Um, And and I definitely, when we we talk about your business, I'll be interested in how you built out your team. But there's people I work with in particular parts of, like, the operations within my day job where you have to bring a different personality to the table, different energy. So the guy that does sales like me is high energy, excited about the new deal, wants to make the win. The guy in stock or operations, you've put a new headache and a new challenge on his table. So you need to come with calmer energy. You need to be more, like... Detail orientated and yeah. like like go through the spreadsheet with them, go through the data and be yeah. like willing to do that rather than running in there being like, oh, this deal's gonna be worth this 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 <laughs> this, which you can do yeah. with your sales colleagues, but yeah. differing that in the same way. So like it's different cu- and different customers, exactly the same. Marcus, so like you go to the door and it's an elderly couple, you're gonna change your approach to if it's a young guy, yeah. um, like that you can maybe mirror more yeah. closely.
1: Yeah. Even little things, such as like if it's a young guy, you might throw in a little swear word if he swears first. All of a sudden, you're in the same level. He doesn't look at you as like this salesman. So, so um, and I've heard I,
0: in this like 18, 19 is so powerful yes. though.
1: And you know, it's very uh, interesting as well. This is another thing I learned there is that life is sales. Everything you do is sales. I'm selling right now. You know, whenever you do videos, content, you're selling, right? Um, Whenever you want to take a hot girl out on a date, you have to sell on the idea of why should she go on a date with you, right? So everything in life is sales. So learning about sales is one of the most important things. And what is sales? Most of it is just psychology. So I used to read a lot of books about psychology, et cetera. But to answer your question, yeah, what are the main things that I learned with those three? Uh, consistency, of course, so just going over and over, and eventually you do get the uh, the, the best analogy they taught me uh, was imagine there are a uh, 10 cups of coffee. Uh, no milk, so they look the same, right? But only one of the coffees has sugar in it, so they all look the same. But you, you don't, you, from just looking, you can't tell. So how are you going to know which one has the sugar in it? Well, you have to taste all of them, right? And then eventually one of them will have, and then that's it so the door-to-door is the same. You have 10 doors. One of them is going to sign up on average. So how are you going to know? We'll just knock on 10 doors. Oh, you got one. Cool, another 10, another 10, another 10.
0: Links well, into consistency as well. So have a consistently excellent approach across all of those 10, and you give yourself the best chance of finding and that. converting that, that, that number one. Because like you say, you could have somebody that just consistently chaps 10 doors yeah, yeah, and yeah. just has this terrible approach, but you're employing those <laughs> other three skills that you've yeah. got and be yeah. able to convert them as much as possible yeah. Now, I, I love going deep on this sort of stuff because if you look at the success you've got at your age there's clearly things that have been put in place yeah. before that yeah. which makes it make sense yeah because otherwise it might be a bit of like oh Marcus is just an outlier okay he's an outlier but there's reasons for that level of success which makes him seem abnormal
1: you know perhaps this is an interesting story for you personally as well and everybody watching because yeah I don't want somebody to be watching and being like oh this ghost marcus guy yeah but he's got it easy he done this door-to-door job and it was just natural for him okay i'm gonna tell you uh god's honest truth this is my first ever uh time that i knocked on the door so how it works i think i think every every door-to-door job is probably different but how it was for me is to you you get hired and they in the mornings they have like a morning meeting and they teach you like pitch practice you know you, you might find somebody else who's just started you do a bit. Of, Pitch practice with them, etc., and then you go out on what's called the field, right? Yeah, okay. Like you're gonna go knock on doors. Um, so for I can't remember exactly how long, maybe like three, four days. I was just shadowing the other person. So there's another person. Her name was Shyla. If you're ever watching this, you're honestly an amazing human being. Um, but I was watching her do it, and she was incredible. She was so, so, so good. And uh, I, I wasn't saying anything. I was just there, like just dead quiet, <laughs> just watching how she would do it. So for three, four days, I'm watching how she does it, and she is incredible. Getting a sign ups left, right, and center. She's so bubbly you know she's a very very uh, nice person so anyway the fourth day or whatever I think it was like four, five, four, fifth day this is now when it's my turn she didn't tell me this by the way she did not say anything we're now on the, you know we've done the morning pitch practice we're now gone to the to the field aka we're now knocking on doors and you know Shyla does the first like three four five whatever and now we go to the the, the fifth door and uh, <laughs> to give you all a little bit of context, it's one of, I don't know, maybe it's just a UK thing, but it's one of those plastic doors of the window, but the window is like really uh, misted. So you can kind of see like shadows and silhouettes, but you can't see through it, right? So it's one of them ones, and Shada goes ahead and knocks on the window and uh, I'm standing next to her, and uh, and as I can see, as we can see somebody appearing closer and closer, you can see like a silhouette, Charlotte just turns around and just walks away, she goes, you can do this one, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, what, are you doing, panicking, yeah, you did not tell me about this, <laughs> no, 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 and then she's like, no, no you can do this one, I'm like, and, uh, I think I started walking away or something, she was like, no, no, stay there, he's coming to the door, I'm like, Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so I turn around, I'm looking at the door now, and I'm like, oh my God, what what am I meant to say now? And I see the silhouette of the, of the person getting closer and closer and bigger and bigger. And I'm thinking, right, this is fine. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to boss it, I'm going to ace it. He opens the door and I go, He froze? Yeah, I couldn't say anything. <laughs> and she comes around the corner just like oh hi, hi it's just this first day so that's my first ever ever door so for everybody watching i don't want anybody to be like oh yeah he's got it easy naturally he's good at sales i might seem perhaps like an extroverted person right now because of how i talk etc but you guys got to remember i mean this is now maybe six seven years ago this door-to-door job that i'm talking about
0: he did the reps so Correct. many people don't to the reps how can you possibly expect to be competent? So people are listening to this, it'll be episode 220 something in the podcast. Of course, I'm better at having conversations and getting more from my guests and having more interesting back and forth than when I started because of, I've done 200 odd reps, yeah. and I've done countless meetings and Zoom calls and Teams calls, which are very similar in my corporate job, which has some overlap. So look at how yeah. you conduct yourself. Of course, it's radically different from the guy that was wanting to run away from the door yeah. in his first day.
1: You know, Colin, here's, um, I don't know anybody else who says this, so I'm gonna take responsibility for this. I, I I really think I'm the first one to ever, like, get people to imagine it this way. For everybody watching, or if you're listening to this, whatever you're doing, right now in your head, Think of just one person who you believe to be the greatest of the greats in whatever industry. It can be an actor, athlete, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just think of one person right now in your head. You got it, right? Now think how long has he or she been doing that thing for? I guarantee it's probably not been months. Maybe, probably not even years. It's most likely decades. I'm talking 10, 20, if not 25, 30 years. Do you understand how long that is? The amount of reps like you just said. It's insane. So that's why when a lot of people start, especially young guys, and I understand it because the day and age that we live in with TikTok, uh, you've got Amazon next day delivery, all these things, they naturally teach us and program us to have instant gratification. And when you don't have that, it's very, very difficult to stay focused and build on something for months, if not years. But you need to remember that nothing in life is super easy. If it's easy to get, it's probably not worth a lot. If something is worth a lot and you really want it, maybe it's that car, that watch, that house. And if it's really hard to get, that means it's going to be a great reward right vice versa if it was easy to get then everybody would have it and that means there is no value attached to it if if getting a pair of uh, abs you know six pack was easy and everybody was able to get six pack overnight then it wouldn't be like this thing that looked upon right so pretty obvious stuff but i think people need to be reminded this stuff every now and then because especially nowadays a lot of people online are talking about easy money online quick this 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 it doesn't work like that if it was then everybody would be there's rich there's
0: a lot of background work to do and I, I appreciate you you sharing that i want to fast forward from the the door sales knocking job yeah. letting agent next what yes. was happening yes yes i want to i want to talk about your body language getting a uh, getting the job uh, i was i was I fascinated I, fascin- <laughs> I was fascinated by by this and I, I i went deep in my research to understand this part because i think again It points to a level of skill (laughs) set. This is
1: definitely one of my favorite podcasts. I'm telling you (laughs) that. So, yeah, so um, I've done a door-to-door job for like a year, like I said. And, um, you know, there's no bad blood, but just the way it works is just it's a bit not for me. You know, they say there's no cap, there's no ceiling to it, but there is. There's only so much you can do. And uh, essentially I was getting held back and, you know, long story short, I quit. I left uh, after like a year and a bit. And uh, because only reason being is because I knew I was I was able to do more I was able to achieve more and I'm like 19 at this point 18 I think like 18 at this point Uh, and I'm like right I know I can do more Um, so I quit that and I moved back and I was living in Kent in Maidstone at this point which is south of uh, UK and I moved back in with my mum for literally just a couple of days because I didn't know I didn't have anywhere else to live so I moved in with my mum for literally just like one or two days. And whilst I'm there, my mom's like, well, you're going to have to do something. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, mom, don't worry. I'm going to figure it out. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> so um, the next morning, I wake up. I put on my uh, my nicest suit, which was, like, probably too fucking small for me. Um, I had a pair of sunglasses on, and I had my AirPods in. And I just thought, it's not going to be that difficult to get a job, right? Like, without meaning to sound, I know I'm about to sound very ego- egotistical and big-headed, but with my charisma, and if I just present myself the right way, I'm wearing a suit, I'm gonna get a job. And also for context- I
0: laughed out loud when I heard this story the first
1: time, so I'm (laughs) looking forward to hearing it. Didn't have a CV. Um uh is cv a cv is worldwide i think people know what cv is cv is basically like your your resume right like this is who your i am experience this... education
0: Correct. skills everything like that
1: i didn't i didn't have one um one because i couldn't be fucking bothered to make one uh, and two well i didn't really have much like oh i had a door-to-door job and before that i worked in a warehouse when i was going to college and probably not that exciting so i didn't have one all i had was that small suit pair of airpods which were fake i think <laughs> and uh, a pair of sunglasses and I got my in my car. It was either an insignia or a uh, Ford Fiesta at the time. And I drove to the to the uh, closest city, which is Colchester in Essex. So I drove I there, I parked my shitty car and, uh, and I just I just go. and I'm thinking in back of my head, I'm thinking at, th- at that point, who's who, like where can people make money? Who makes a lot of money? People that heal- sell houses, estate agents. So I literally just walked into estate agent after estate agent. Every single one just walked in. Literally, I'm going to reenact it. it. Uh, bear in mind, I have sunglasses on and AirPods. I just open the door, take my sunglasses off. One airport, I'm like, Hi, are you guys hiring? Everyone's like, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> on to the next one. Um, I think I've done maybe like three. Um, you know, one of them literally told me like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, two of them gave me a business card and said, call me, which means politely no. The fourth one I walked into, which was my cause, I'm, uh, I'm sure I can say it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They were great guys, so... Um, I walk in and just by chance, it happens to be the managing director, I think it's one of the actually the co-founders of the entire, uh, of the entire franchise. Um, and I didn't know this, of course, Raj was another guy. Um, I walk in and I think he was like the only one there. Or he was like right at the back and there was maybe like one or two like secretaries, whatever. I walk in again, boom, sunglasses, airport. Hi, um, are you guys hiring? And he goes, yeah, we might actually be, yeah, I like you. <laughs> and uh, he goes, come back in tomorrow. Brilliant, walked out, went home. <laughs> That's it, got my one interview. I know I'm going to pattern it, go home.
0: You made, you made an impression.
1: Yeah, yeah, Radically different. Yeah.
0: Nobody else is doing
1: that. So he said that to me tomorrow, uh, the next day. So when I, of course, I came in for the interview the next day, early, sharp, boom, wearing my suit again. And uh, you know we're speaking. There was two of them. Uh, the 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 franchise is called Michaels, and I believe they were both called Michael as well. <laughs> They're friends, not like brothers or anything. It's, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, actually no, sorry. Both uh, the co founder one of the co-founders is called Michael, but there was another branch uh, manager who was called Michaels. There's two Michaels, and I remember now. So anyway, um, I'm doing an interview with them now, and uh, you know they were like, yeah, they basically said like we've never had that happen before. Like this is crazy. Um, And, you know, I see a younger me in you. That's what they said to me. And I was like, great, so am I hired? (laughs) So they made like a new little role for me, which is basically, um, I was just doing viewings, right? The most easiest job in the world. Literally, all I had to do was show up at the office in the morning, be told where I need to drive to with my company car, didn't even drive my own car, just drive to the house, show them around, and that was it. So I got that job and, you know, I'll be honest, at the time, Of that job, I was genuinely thinking of just okay. I'm gonna be an estate agent. I'm gonna be the best estate agent, and maybe perhaps eventually I'm gonna open up my own branch. I'm gonna be the best. And I remember this so vividly as well. There was one morning. This was like second, third day of being hired. I was speaking. I've never said this before, actually. Uh, One of my uh, the the co-founder Michael, he was sitting next to me, and uh, he said something. he was talking about. uh, I think I said I I said how can I be promoted? He was like. all right, I like this. You're already you're already talking about that. I'm like, Michael, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm gonna be the best person you've ever hired. And he was like, what?
0: <laughs> Con- conviction.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he absolutely loved me for that. Um, so, and I genuinely meant it at the time. Um, However, the and you know, there's again, like I said, definitely no bad blood. I, I really really re- respect the guys for giving me the opportunity and just helping me in, in, in that moment and just hiring me like that. Um, but over time, I started to realize, well, this is not actually what I wanted to do. Um, I started to realize that, okay, well, I don't want to come into the office in the morning. Um, I don't want to necessarily be making X amount of money, with all due respect. So, <clears throat> I just I just started to uh, not. Distant. Yeah, I I think the the, the word to say is like lose love for it all because when I first got hired I genuinely was so like I just loved it in my head. I'm thinking right. I'm now an estate agent (laughs) Because again bear in mind at
0: that point in time think about your start point.
1: Correct. It makes
0: total sense It's it's a big it's a big jump. It's a big feeling your mom was probably really proud of you. Correct,
1: right? She just loved me in suits, So she was like, yeah, I'm so proud of you
0: (laughs) Well, there's, there's a lot to be said like um parents just want their kids to have safe secure yeah. Income, particularly coming from the background you came from, like it's a great like career in that sense. I she agree. Would've, she would've, oh, it is. She would have been happy.
1: I, I think, I think, genuinely is. I think there's so many like memes and jokes and stuff online. But I mean, being an estate agent, there are the upside of it is incredible. I mean, I know a lot of people who are making very, very good money from it. So I think it's fantastic. But yeah, it just it wasn't resonating with me. Um, I think from. I think the really the biggest thing ever since school, bro, you know, we're talking about how it's really important to kind of give people context and kind of how how, uh, everybody's molded from 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 young ever since young. I never liked being told what to do. I mean, I think maybe every human to an extent doesn't. But I think I think more people than, than not are more obedient in the sense that they will just go. All right, fine, I'll do it. I will not. If you tell me to do something, I will do everything in my power to the opposite. If, like, uh, for some reason I don't want to do it, or if I don't like you, etc. Right? Um, so for me, it was just the idea of like, well, I'm gonna have to physically drive to the office in the morning. If if I have my own, you know, this business, I have to deal with these people. I don't really want to, and da 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 da. So anyway, long story short, I knew in the back of my head this is not, you know. So then this was now can't remember uh, don't quote me on exactly the the year i think it was around 2019 um christmas time or 2018 2019 um christmas and i was at my mom's house in uh, in sudbury and you know we had christmas whatever and then after christmas i was in my bedroom just on youtube and uh i saw an advert i saw an advert there's a guy called imangatze <laughs> and this guy called, this guy is talking about how he's a 17 year old high school dropout and, uh, you know, he's stepping out of this super luxury car, sports car. And uh, he's talking about how he dropped out of college because he didn't want to listen and be told what to do. And now he's running a, his own business and he's traveling the world and he's making this much money. He's got this Rolex and da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, that sounds, that makes sense. That actually makes sense to me. Connected with you. Yeah, correct. So, so ever since that Christmas, I mean, literally for the next like two weeks, ever since like, Uh, After Christmas and maybe like the 5th of January, um, so for a good week and a bit, I literally done nothing but studied YouTube videos about SMMA. I just got obsessed with it. In my head, it just made so much sense. I can work from wherever as long as I have internet and I can help people with social media, which is now where it ties back with what you said about college. And I was like, it just makes so much sense. And also one more bit of context as well, um, because I think a lot of young men, I speak about men, by the way, because I i don't know from a woman's point of view. So that's why I always say a lot of young men. I think a lot of young men, they might not even young men, I think men in general, I think even people in general, I think they feel lost uh, a lot of the time in the sense. I mean, yeah, I was speaking to somebody literally yesterday. Um, there were f- nearly 40, <laughs> 37, and they're in a—they're not the best of places that they, they believe. Um, and I said, look, you're fine. But, you know, they, they feel very lost. And. I just wanted to give this really quick kind of small little side story uh, and a bit of context because it's not like I got the um, estate agency job and then I'd done SMA and NASA and it all worked out. There were so many little things in between that. My first ever, ever kind of side hustle, if you want to call it, this was back when I was 16. I was playing video games in, in school. I was uh, streaming on Twitch. I think a lot of people, young guys, Are you familiar with that, yeah? right, where you live stream video games. And I was making maybe two, three, four hundred pound a week uh, from it. I was, um, so that's my first ever thing. Then I went into reselling uh, clothes. Um, you know, Then I'd done certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then before S- SMMA, I was going to be a personal trainer, a PT. Because I was going to the gym all the time, I was you know in, in decent shape, and my mom was like, well, what do you want to do? Because um, at this point I told her like the estate agency, look, mom, I don't see it as like a lifetime thing, I want to do something different. She was like, what do you want to do? I remember this so vividly. We were walking, this was like November, late November, I believe, um, just before Christmas. We are walking, it's cold as fuck, and I'm like, I don't know, mom, I don't know. And she's like, well, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I quit playing video games at this point, right? I'm like, Mom, the only hobby I have is gym. I just go to the gym and I go to work. That's it. That's all I would do. She was like, Why don't you do that? And I'm like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and I think a lot of young men go through that phase of like, I'm going to so be a common, PT. It's
0: so common. The industry spits people out like yeah. like nobody's business. They last like a year and then they go yeah. because if you just love training yourself doesn't mean you maybe love training other people who maybe aren't wired the same way as you. Like it was one of the reasons my first platform that I kind of built online was my Instagram through talking about health and fitness while having a sales role all around yeah. the country. Yeah, And so many people were like, oh, you should do coaching. And I was like, I really struggle sometimes to relate to people that don't have the same level of discipline and yeah. control as I yeah, do. Yeah. And yes, I could build systems and processes to support them, but would I love doing that on a daily basis? I decided no, so I'm not an online fitness coach for, for that reason, largely. So it's interesting how many people are like, I really like training, let me teach you how to
1: train. But it's so different, <laughs> it's completely different. Um, I'm glad I didn't because now that I come to th- think about it, it's like the one thing that I enjoyed and loved at the time, which is fitness and working out, you know, but then I would then make it my job, which is like, I probably would fall out of love with it. And then also if you're a PT, I mean, it, well it depends of course, but you're most likely going to be working very weird hours because your clients are also working a nine to five. Agreed. So you'd be working either early, early in the morning or very, very late. And what are you going to do during the day? All your friends are at work anyway.
0: Agreed. So during this period, you're consuming a lot of Imangadze. I've heard you say before you were a big Thai Lopez fan as well. Yeah. What content were you learning about from these guys SMA? But like, talk me through that.
1: Um, I'll be honest. I didn't. Um, I know that. Know that. I like wasn't a fan of Ty Lopez. I just didn't really watch any of his of his stuff. Um, which is quite funny because Eman comes from Ty's uh, coaching side of things, which is a crazy little world. Um, but yeah, I was, I was learning a lot from from Eman and, and people like that on online uh, about SMMA. And like I said, it just made so much sense to me in my head. Um, So yeah, I took like a whole week of just learning, just watching YouTube videos for free. Because again, to give you guys some context, I mean, at the estate agency job, I was basically an apprentice. I was making maybe 1,200. Again, yeah, this is very important. I need to give you guys context of where I'm at in my life at this point, right? I'm like, 18, uh, eighteen, nineteen at the, the time. I think just turned nineteen. Um, I uh, I'm working at this estate agency job as an apprentice. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe twelve hundred pounds a month, one point two thousand, if that. And then after tax, maybe like a uh, thousand nine hundred pounds a month. Um, I'm living in a house share, which is like. For American people, it's like a frat house. If you want to think of it that way, it's like a big house, like four or five bedroom house. Um, but you're living with strangers. Each bedroom, there's a stranger renting the bed, uh, the bedroom, and then you're sharing one kitchen. You're sharing like two bathrooms or whatever. <laughs> God, I hated it. <laughs> um, but this is where I was living, and I, like I said, I had either the um, Ford Fiesta or an Insignia that I bought for like a thousand pounds. One of the two, um, and that was it. <laughs>
0: yeah. that was where life was yeah, yeah. I, f- I find it interesting so how did you start to scale the SM- SMMA business and how does that develop?
1: Yeah so after New Year's because I knew during New Year's I mean all the businesses are shut so there's no point in me picking up the phone and calling them anyway right so after New Year's I was like right as soon as these motherfuckers are open I'm calling everybody <laughs> I'm calling everybody um, and of course you know uh, again you said this yourself is that it might seem like I'm uh, I've got successful fairly quickly or easy, but all of these things that I've that led me up into this point have helped me. So, for example, now that I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling. I've got so much sales experience. When I'm calling them, I know about tonality. I know about objection handling, right? I know about consistency and compound effect. Whereas if I just started completely from zero, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to me. I'd get discouraged. And I'd probably quit. So for me, I understood these things. I called hundred people a day. They all told me no. <laughs> I call another hundred tomorrow. Maybe one gives me the time of the day. I'll call another hundred people the next day. Finally, I booked one meeting. You know, so that's how I started. And b- bear in mind, I was still working my estate agency job on the side. Um, and I'll say this: and Michael, both the Michael's, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but <laughs> you probably know this by now. Um, the, the estate agency job was so perfect for me. Um, And I'm really sorry, but I had to do, I had to do, because my job was literally, like I said, just doing viewings, right? I had to just drive from one house to another, uh, wait for the the, the guests to come, show them around the house, and then go. And on average, on average, I was maybe doing like four, five viewings uh, the whole day, so from 9 to 5 p.m., I had like so many hours free and the viewing's like half an hour to an hour maximum, right? I had so much time on my hands. And the reason why I say I'm sorry, by the way, because in between that time, I was meant to like go and knock on other doors and like try and get more listings for the for the estate agency. Um, but I think the um, the estate agents knew that I wasn't doing it anyway. <laughs> they kind of didn't really care, I think. Um, and in between that time, I would sit in my golf, uh, which is the company car, right? And I'd have my laptop and I would just, I would just uh, either email, I'd pick up the phone and call reach- them. I was doing that while sitting in the car, waiting for the next viewing to happen, you know? So, um,
0: you were using that time efficiently to give yourself the opportunity to turn the switch from job to the side hustle.
1: Correct. Yeah. And that was my thing. That was my thing. My goal at the time when I started my only thing, it wasn't fucking Rolex. It wasn't car. It wasn't house. It wasn't. My only thing was I just really want to just, flip it i just want to do this full time that's all i want to do
0: what kind of services were you offering these businesses uh
1: so initially i started with just just content creation because i didn't know enough about facebook ads i was also a bit scared like in the sense that i didn't know if i was going to mess it up i was worried about and also um iman in the videos he was talking about how you should charge people like a thousand to five thousand a month retainer for managing paid ads which now obviously makes sense but back then a thousand pounds to me was like no way am I going to do that. Who's going to trust me? Do you want
0: to hear something really interesting from a sales perspective? We're out here in Dubai, and one yeah. of the interviews, it'll probably come out after this one, was with Daniel Priestley. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, huge on sales, so clued up. Yeah. And one of his first things he did, he started at a startup in Australia when he was 19. And his mentor had some quirky different tools for him. Okay. And one of the tools was he was to carry between 1000 thousand and two thousand and $2,000 in cash on him all the time. And the reason for that was it would make him understand that that wasn't a lot of money. Interesting. So when he was to speak to somebody about this, this will be a thousand pounds a month, your body language and your tonality would show that a thousand pounds feels like a lot to you when it shouldn't. When you land that price, it should sound like it's a thousand pounds a month. Yeah. Straight face. The subtle art of shutting the fuck up after that. Yeah. Yeah wait for the silence. Yeah. And I was like, that is so interesting because so many people when they land a price, like like some of the cars that you've bought, I bet there's been like car dealerships you've gone into or relationships you've had where they've like landed the price and they've been almost been like, holy shit, I can't believe he's going to pay this per month. But you're like, okay, cool. Whereas if you're like a confident salesperson, you make that sound like a completely normal amount of money. So in the same way, a man was saying 5,000 pounds a month to manage your, your ad spend at the time you're like, that sounds insane. And if you tried to land up with a client, I bet they would have felt that, that energy from you being like, I can't believe they're <laughs> going to pay 5,000 pounds a month for this.
1: I've got a brilliant story as well for my first ever well, client that I got. So yeah, um, so I done exactly what I just said there. So I was in the car doing cold calling, cold calling, um, and you asked me what kind of services. So my first ever one was content creation. My first ever client technically was my barber. Um, I was just, you know, uh, the same barber I always go to, of course. Uh, don't cheat on your barber. <laughs> so I was always, uh, you know, getting my hair cut. And he was asking me, like, you know, Marcus, what are you doing these days? By the way, his name is Ben. Shout out to Ben. Um, so, uh, so he was like, what are, you, what are you doing these days? And I was just explaining to him how, you know, I've been learning about this thing called SMA, like this marketing stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, what is it? And I'm like, so basically I'm like a marketing agent. And help businesses market their business and get more clients. And, da-da. and he's like, "How are you going to do that?" I'm like, "Well, right now, I think I could probably do it like videos. I, I'm gonna film adverts because this is what I learned in college. Right in college at a media, which basically was videography and photography. And it would teach you the basics of Premiere Pro editing, lighting, uh, cuts, this and that. So I was like, I could do that because I don't know how to do that. And he goes, "Do you want to do it for us?" I was like, "Yeah, really." He goes, "Yeah, come come back tomorrow. Um, you know this and this time, film an ad for us. We'll do it." really okay cool so That was my first ever ever job so you know it wasn't a case of like I was like cold calling him and like trying to get him to sign up it was just kind of accident and that's really and you know what I think that's crazy actually because I just realized if it weren't for that maybe I wouldn't be so excited I maybe I wouldn't have the proof of concept that this really works right because he allowed me to have him as his first as my first client you didn't
0: have his customer testimonial as well proof of concept proof. everything of was so much it.
1: easier after that so that's a piece of advice I mean again it might seem like common sense to a lot of people but to a lot of people they, they don't think about these things your first client no matter what industry you're, you're looking to do uh, it most likely should be your friends your family friends or friends somebody that you know
0: heavily discounted or free work as well correct just to prove it as well yeah correct you need to do that no I, 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 I love that but this actual business as well it started to scale really quickly too.
1: fairly um, I mean, yeah. In, in the grand scheme of things, um, yes, it's quick, but in the time, it doesn't feel like it. I would say um, it took, um, again, don't quote me on this, but because uh, this is now like five years, five ish years ago. Um, but I think it took me roughly like four months, five months to get to like five thousand a month, which was, by the way, enough for me to obviously quit my job and uh, and do this full time. Go on. Yeah, um, and that's another funny story, by the way. Um, and unfortunately, like five months into it, into this estate agency job and me running this agency, of course, as you can imagine, by this point, I'm already mentally detached from this job, and I really don't kind of care as such, right? And I, I yeah, I'm to an extent. I, I do apologize to to Michael because they were honestly such great guys, and they 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 genuinely saw younger them in me, and there was, there was one, this is where like it all kind of uh, ended with them, and there was one weekend where es- essentially as an estate agency, if you are going to get a new plot, which is basically like a plot of new buildings, uh, new builds, right, um, if you're gonna, by miracle, get them for your estate agency, you must work overtime and sell them ASAP, because if you don't, that, that um, development company, they're gonna go somewhere else, they don't care about you, they're gonna go somewhere else, and that's a lot of money for an estate agency. Now me, being a naive young, i didn't care about it right so um because it's like oh i'm not ready it's not my commission this and that but everybody in that state agency everybody including me had to do one sunday right and uh, normally obviously we work monday to saturday uh, i had like one day off during a week so um everybody had to do one sunday and my sunday fell on my birthday uh, right so uh so one, it's a Sunday, <laughs> which I'm not meant to be working, and two, it's my birthday. So I literally told them the day before on the Saturday uh, team meeting, I was like, listen, I'm not gonna come in. And they're like, what do you mean you're gonna come in? I'm gonna see you tomorrow morning. I'm like, I'm telling you now I'm not. And he's like, well, I'm telling you now you are, or you're fired. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not coming in. I'm like really? like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm being serious. So they honestly thought I was kind of maybe joking I was going to turn up obviously I didn't go. Um, a matter of fact actually I remember this as well on that Sunday I actually had a video shoot so I made money and it was my birthday and I, you know and you so
0: were willing to do that work with the video shoot because it connected with you more. There's correct. a lot um, there's a phrase that I use in the podcast quite a lot the the tools will be heavy but they'll feel light in your hands. So if you think about you doing a job where somebody might find that really difficult and it probably there's a little element of skill in to creating a video shoot. But to you it didn't feel as much like work as turning up to viewings. So right. It's different. Yeah. That's interesting. Touch different things in your head.
1: Because even now I have um there's this um girl I'm seeing and we, we were talking about the fact that, you know, she's like, Oh babe, you work so hard, you never stop, you never stop. But like you know, uh, I, I of course have time for everything—my family, her, and this and that. Um, so she doesn't mean, in the sense, that like I'm not available. She just means, in a sense, that like she's a little bit worried that like I'm all, I'm always working and I'm constantly thinking, thinking. But I said to her that it's it's not work. I don't want you to think of it as work because I think the the name work is a lot of the time there's a bad stigma around it, which is like oh you're at least for me I'd always count down the minutes or the hours until like I can finish and finally right
0: and maybe work on your other stuff or oh, after this viewing. I'll get to work on my Correct. marketing agency. Yeah. And it won't feel like it's not it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. Because you're doing it for yourself, right? Yeah there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. Like, I, I, I graft on the podcast so much, but yeah. it doesn't feel no, like course. that. Like, prepping for this interview, it. I was excited for it. Coming to interview, excited for it. Having the conversation, we're yeah. in it, yeah. and we're flowing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But for some people, it would be really challenging. There'd be a lot more mental bandwidth they were using, a lot more stressful. Yeah. But um, UK phrase, horses for
1: courses. Yeah, yeah. Some
0: horses run faster on other courses. Yeah. I run faster at podcasting, you run faster at marketing work because it, it, it fits better for you.
1: I think if you're working on your own dream, your own goal, your own business, then it's also like, you know you're not wasting your time. At least this is what goes through my head. I always thought I'm always wasting my potential if I'm working for somebody. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so... So wow, there's uh, there was a lot to unpack there, but but yeah, so I didn't come in on that Sunday, of course. The next morning, um, you know, the, the managers of, or the owners, they they call me upstairs for a meeting. They're like, "Marcus, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> you know, uh, Marcus, when you first came in, you were telling me you're going to be the best staff member, you're going to get promoted, you're going to have your own branch. And now what's happened six months later? Like, what's going on? Just tell us." And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, should I or should I not? Because if I tell them, I'm going to get, I'm definitely going to be fired now, but fuck it let's do it i was like listen guys i'm gonna be honest for the last like god knows how many months i've been working on this side business and it's going pretty well i'm gonna be honest and i was a little bit like i wouldn't say like scared or worried but i'm just i don't know what to expect i didn't know how they're gonna react and you know what's mad they reacted completely i did not expect them they were like I'm, I'm happy for you that's very good well marcus by the sounds of it you're doing very very well and like i told you from the first day that i met you i saw a younger me and you and i mean what do you want to do i know what you should do but what do you want to do and I was like, in my head, I was still worried, about it because I've never not had a 9 to 5, right? To me, 9 to 5 was like a safety net, you know? And I'm like, um, I mean, I'd love to just carry on. I'm really sorry for, for you know, being disrespectful and not coming in. And they were like, no, I think you should pursue it. I think you've got something great there. I think, you, I think you're going to do really, really well. I think you should go all in. And I was like, really? And I'm like, yes. Like, we're not mad at you. I think you should do it. So this is why I'm. I'm like I said. There's absolutely there's no, no bad animosity. blood. Yeah,
0: I'm, it's great. Like real recognises real in that sense. Yeah. He, he built something of his own that he was passionate about, and he's seeing you doing that, and he's like, "Cool, this this young guy. We would only be delaying the inevitable at this point." Correct.
1: In time. Correct. You, you, you know, sorry to interrupt you. One more thing for everybody watching as well. This is very important, this is relative to the, to the story that we're talking about right now. When somebody, and this goes for relationships as well, boy, like, you know, and a platonic relationship and business relationships, um, when somebody is ready to leave and they make that decision, you gotta realize and you gotta remember that that person was ready to leave months ago. It's, these things don't happen overnight, right? So the reason why I'm saying this is because you need to, especially in a business sense, um, which is the main one I wanna try and teach people about, you know, if somebody if somebody comes to you as a staff member or a business partner, anybody within business, right? And they are expressing their thoughts or feelings of wanting to leave or wanting to be, et cetera, et cetera. You've already lost them. It's too late. You can try maybe one out of 10 chances they will you know maintain and you could build this business relationship back up nine out of ten times you have really lost that person you have fucked up as if you're the business owner they've mentally checked out correct and that's over and that's yeah that's game over there's no going back nine out of ten times i think
0: i think that's a really valuable insight and you see it sometimes in the corporate world somebody tries to resign to go to another company to get a counter offer and you think what's that extra ten thousand pounds that you're going to do it's going to delay them for a few months and then they'll start looking for something else again because there was a reason beyond just the money that they were trying to trying to get out yeah but I, w- I, w- I want to fast forward within the marketing agency so sure. you getting to a stage where you were able to retire your mum at just 22 years old if we look at your background that's obviously something that you felt a level of duty to do if you look at where you came from when you came to the UK and I've heard you speak before when you came to the UK life wasn't wasn't easy, we're talking about like the, the packed lunches and stuff like that as well, I've, I've heard you speak before about the, the shopping in the reduced section at Tesco and that being like a really humbling, like hard experience for you to understand as a child what was going on. But if you've then built this thing yourself that allows you to take that action for your mother, like that's like an incredible milestone in your story.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, thank you so much. For me, it's just, um, I, there was nothing else for me to do. Like what else was there, you know? So where it first, kind of started of course as you guys can imagine when my when my uh, dad passed away that's when I was like right I just I, you know uh, I don't really know what it was that made me really of course I love my mum. of course I did up until that point of course I did but like I don't know n- exactly what it was that just made me like really want to care for her to this extent I think I think it's got to be natural. Um, but of course something happened to me and clicked where I was like, right, like this is it. I have to really like take care of it. What was she doing at this point in time? She was a cleaner. Um, she was a cleaner as soon as we moved to the UK. That was the only job that she could get is because she had no English She had no education. She had no prior work experience in anything else So cleaning was the only thing that she could do and she would clean um, I think it was one office and three warehouses or two warehouses on one office and she would cycle She didn't she doesn't she still doesn't have a driver license. I'm like mom. Come on. <laughs> she doesn't want to um, and, You know she would cycle if it's raining if it's windy if it's snowing if it's icy whatever she would cycle to work and there was, I remember this as well. I think this was just before my dad passed away or after, uh, it was definitely 17, 18, way before any of this online money stuff. I went to work with her one day, cause I was just bored, I had nothing to do. I think I finished school or college, whatever it was. And I went to work with her. Um, and uh, you know, all I done, bear in mind I'm a young adult at this point, I'm like 17, 18 so I should be healthy, you know, I should be in, you know, I was in great shape and, and physically fit, et cetera. And all i done was h- carry a Hoover up and down the stairs, bend over ever so slightly to, to um, clean uh, or Hoover underneath the, uh, the tables and stuff. And even me at 17, 18, after the, like the next morning, my back hurt. Like I was in like physical somewhat uh, like back aching.
0: Liver, yeah.
1: yeah. So I was like, right. So if I'm feeling like this, like how's my mom feeling? So no way can I let my mom, do this for the rest of our life no way no way and nobody wants to and i think at that point as well that's when i started to realize small little things where my mum would be moaning about back pain and she would be moaning about she doesn't want to go here she doesn't want to obviously cycle to work and it's raining but she has to and i didn't have any money to get her on an uber and i think obviously naturally in, intrinsically any man and i think every human they don't want to see their family suffer nobody wants that And that's, that's just the stage where I was at. And I was like, listen, in my head, I'm talking to myself, you know, I'm like, listen, I have to do something about this. What can I do? So uh, the only thing was to, um, you know, retire my mum. That was the only thing. What
0: kind of revenue are we talking about? You have to get to in order for something like that to happen? Because we hear about this in the internet world a lot. Like I was able to retire my my mom, my dad, whatever it was. What do the figures have to look at fiscally for you to make that? physically possible
1: sure so i'll only talk about myself um because i've actually never this is interesting i love to talk about some to somebody else who's done this as well because it's all relative so i'll just talk about my own scenario and hopefully that can give you guys some advice and some inspiration at the time of when i done it i was making around 30 35,000 pounds a month profit this is by myself no business partners just by myself so lots of clients that you were doing
0: SMM4 and some coaching as well?
1: Uh, Yes, both, so definitely both. And again, just really quick uh, side tension, I'll go back to this. Um, It was the agency and the coaching. The coaching happened by chance because I was living in a council estate, none of my friends were wanting to do business, which is absolutely fine, no problem. Um, But I wanted to speak with people who are like-minded who wanted to also run businesses. So started a Facebook group, just to network people, promise you just to network with people and, and speak with others about some nerdy SMA bullshit, right? this that, is how
0: to run this ad, this is how to target this correct,
1: group. Right. And I wanted to device myself as well. You know, I wanted to learn from people. So um, anyway, I started this group, long story short, the group grew really fast because I was one of the first ever Facebook groups. So nowadays people create like Discord groups, Telegram groups, because they want to obviously sell. I genuinely, yeah, it's a funnel, right? Of course we have it as a funnel now as well, but at the time I genuinely created it as just free. Uh, You know, if I go in that Facebook group now, there's got to be a way where I can search it where you can scroll all the way back to what, five, six years ago, four, five years ago, where you can see me posting for free I had no agenda, there was no click here or message me and buy this just for free. And of course, as you can imagine, when four, five, six hundred people start joining the group, I kind of answer everybody's questions, right? And because the group says created by Marcus Hussle, everyone's messaging me. I'm not like some wizard at that time. Like I knew a few things here and there, but I didn't know much. Um,
0: You were building in public, which is really cool too though.
1: Yeah, and it's on YouTube as well. So everything is on YouTube. I haven't privated my videos on purpose. so, and I was uploading YouTube videos that you can all, you know, find those, et cetera. So, um, anyway, so the, the Facebook group started growing, loads of people asking me questions, advice, etc. And there was one guy, one guy asked me, he goes, listen, Marcus, I know you're super busy. How much for your coaching? I'm like, what do you mean? How much? I just happened to see his message. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? How much? I'm just super busy, bro. He goes, no, no, no I know you're busy. How much do I need to pay you to just answer my messages like all day, every day for like a month? I was like, you're going to pay me? I literally said, you're going to pay me, question mark? He goes, yes, how much? Because <laughs> the him is probably like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> he, um, must, he must offer coaching, why is he not? And I'm like, 250 um, pounds? <laughs> that was my thing. I charged 250 pounds for one month where I would just have one-to-one messages on WhatsApp uh, with this guy. Um, uh, and uh, that's how I started. And then from there on, I was like, wait. Do you reckon more people are gonna do it? And I just put one message. I just made one post on the Facebook um group talking about how you know I've uh, I've actually started doing coaching. If anybody's interested, I get so many messages. But if you're interested, um, drop me a message and uh, and I can send you a, a payment link and, and we can do some coaching. And I cannot explain to you the amount of the amount of response that I had.
0: It's a big thing about leverage, isn't there? You'd created leverage through giving, 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 giving. And then at some point you you decide to ask and guess what? People are ready for it. Jab, 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 right hook.
1: Yeah. Gary V, Alex Homozy, the entire, everything that they talk about, I just done it by accident. And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense because nowadays, as soon as people start, they're like, right, me, 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 click here, click here. Come to me, come to me. I mean, you can obviously make money with that way, but it's not very sustainable. You're just a sellout, right? So anyway, so that's the side engine done. I ha- I'm doing the coaching. I'm doing the agency. I'm making around 35000 a month at the moment profit. And my mother, bless her, she doesn't have a mortgage. So this is why I said it's all relative. Um, and this is why in my case, I, I guess you could call I was lucky in the sense that it didn't cost me a whole lot. So she had no mortgage. Mortgage, I think, is probably the biggest one for most people that age. She had about eight thousand pounds in credit. The reason why she had that was because, unfortunately, my stepdad was in a, in a in a car in a in a bike accident, and he was hospitalized in a coma for a week, and he was hospitalized for like good three four months, and my mom had to get a taxi from her house to the hospital and back, which was like one hundred and twenty pounds or something, like sixty pounds there, sixty pounds back for like three months, and so she had that. Um, there was there, oh um, the um, her income um i remember this i asked my stepdad because i wanted to be a surprise for christmas i asked my stepdad in a very like nonchalant like low-key way i was like can you do me a favor can you just find out how much she's making (laughs) um and so he asked her manager and which is pretty cool um so it was her income uh then i asked him for rent as well how much is rent and like i said this is why i'm fortunate in the sense that that's it there wasn't she doesn't have a car
0: and that was what you covered And you were able to set her free from that perspective, because once those costs are covered, there's no need to go to the cleaning job.
1: Correct. Correct. So it was Christmas, I want to say 21 or 22. Uh, I want to say 21. Yeah, it was 21. Christmas 2021. And uh, yeah, it was uh, for Latvia. I think, is it in the UK? Christmas is on the 25th? 25th. Yeah, in Latvia it's the 24th. Um, Eastern Europe the day before, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on the twenty fourth of December, I remember this. um, I took a and also, also this is uh, quite funny. I've said this before, but that specific Christmas, because my mom was really low on cash. um, You know, I was still helping her, so that she she was already making a little bit of cash here and there. But that Christmas, uh, we well, she said to me, and I just agreed. And she was like, "Please promise me this one Christmas, we're not going to gift anything to each other because I can't." And I was like, "Yeah." All right, mum. I promise. She was I've like, I've got you... nothing for you. Yeah, she was like, you promise me, like, cause she knows I'm a little like shit, you know. <laughs> she was like, you promise me, cause you don't don't make me feel bad. And I was like, yeah, mum, like don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Little did she know, <laughs> I've got a little present. Yeah, for Yeah,
0: amazing it. gift. No, I'm 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 so pleased, and I think people understanding how that's calculating how that comes about is an important consideration as well because yeah. it's, it's such a thrown about time and many people see the short clip where it says oh retired my mom at 22 years old okay yeah. cool what was what was
1: behind that so I think people will appreciate that can, uh, can I s- sorry, sorry to interrupt you um, because I also just want to give people as much context as possible um, at this time as well I had saved up the the amount of, of money I just to give everybody a bit of context I'm still living in the house share yeah? uh, which is like 400 pounds a month I had, um, uh, at this point, like sold my TV, PlayStation, Xbox, and a skateboard. That's the only assets I had to then buy a laptop, which was an old 2007-8 MacBook, which would sound like the Boeing 747 taken off in my the room, like the massive going crazy, fans. Yeah. And it would just shut off randomly. Um, that's what I was working off of. Um, you know, that was my first laptop, by the way. At this point, I'd updated the the, the laptop. Um, yeah, and uh, my car, I was still driving. I think it was an Insignia at this point, which was what, like 1,000, 2,000 pounds? and I wasn't traveling, I had not gone on a holiday, I had no luxury watch, no luxury car, and no designer clothes. And the reason why I'm saying this is, is, is simply because I want you guys to understand, when you truly figure out what is that one goal that you will do anything to achieve, then it doesn't, you don't have to, this motivation is a myth, you don't need motivation, you have a goal, you have to achieve it, you're it's a man. It's a driving force. Correct. So that's why I just wanted to really quickly give everybody that bit of context because it's very, very, very important. Um, So yeah, going back to what you're going to say.
0: Yeah, I I think that's so important to note as that was what was driving you towards doing this work and there wasn't this distractions of, I'm going to buy this status symbol, I'm going to buy this goods. And since then, there's been opportunities for you to do that because that box has been ticked and that itch has been scratched and we can leave it there and be pleased about that. And now you can explore some of those other maybe material desires, which of course every person has, but some people like to sure. lean into it more than others. Some people like to repress it more than others, but you were repressing it for a period because you knew that something else was coming. That was more important. I understand after that, there was a little bit of you feeling a little bit lost because of that higher purpose that was, you were aiming towards when that's fulfilled, what comes after that is a bit of a crash almost.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. I was actually talking to Harry, my business partner about this just yesterday, um, about the fact that it, it's, it, you know, uh, I think you hear the story about with athletes, um, having this go- this idea and this goal of being the best, back to back to back to back, getting the gold medal or the, the championship, et cetera. And they, they have this dream ever since God knows how many years ago, right? And once they finally achieve it, you hear these stories that they almost kind of like go depressed. And it's like, you know, when I was younger, I'd hear these things of like celebrities and athletes and actors and uh, being upset and depressed. And I'm like, in my head, I'm young at this point, right? And I'm thinking, come on you're multi-millionaire, you've achieved everything. Oh yeah, you're upset. How
0: could you be unhappy?
1: Yeah, right? But let me tell you guys, everybody that's listening, you know, we as humans, it's very interesting how our brains work. We need to always strive for something and we, we always want to attain something that we can't have. That's why, that's why we always, you know, there's so many many things I can go into with this, like that's why you want that girl maybe you're in a relationship and you know you have a good girl at home but there's this really hot chick and you know you shouldn't but you really want to, but because you can't you really want it more maybe you uh, want to sign up to something and you know you can afford it but they've just made a limited to 100 only spaces or 100 only of these items you know, fuck, I'm going to pay extra because I know I really want it now and it's really interesting because that's we need that. I think as humans, we need that. We need something to strive for and something that you can attain at, at some point, but not right now, right?
0: Yeah, dopamine is the hormone of pursuit, mm-hmm. not just pleasure. A lot mm-hmm. of people are like, oh, I get a dopamine spike from Once you get whatever it. they've done. It's about the working towards it. And I hosted a guy on the podcast, TJ Power. He's like a British neuroscientist. I call him like the UK, Andrew Huberman, uh, big enough. He's, he's He's a great guy. And he was talking about how important it is when we're working towards something that we enjoy the journey, and we recognise it's not just about that destination point, because like, like you say, the best part. The, the buzz you would have got would have been unreal when you were able to give your mum the, sure. the envelope or the letter to say, look, what we've been able to achieve together, but when you were working towards it, the buzz of like the days where you maybe saw that revenue figure jump up and you're like, oh shit, I'm getting closer. Mm. That feels good too, and you need
1: to enjoy that part. Journey's the best part. Journey's absolutely the best part. Andrew Tate says this all the time, that the best part about where he is now mm. is just sitting at some fucking burger king or whatever with Tristan just talking about all the times that they were broke. It's the best time. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, for for me personally and my mom as well, um after this happened, you know, of course we were very very happy um for like a, a week or a month or so. But then eventually reality kicks in and, you know, uh, retirement isn't actually as 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 exciting perhaps most people think it is. Um, I think again it's all relative for my mum, for example she her English is you know so so she can speak English but she's a little bit shy and she'd rather not and therefore she doesn't have many friends where she used to live um, my stepdad is you know working he's a carpenter like I said so he's out of the house all the time and she's at home doing nothing. And you know, first month she's whatever chilling at home watching her, you know, whatever on TV. She, I, I, I got her to sign up to a local swimming pool like club. She should go swimming and she would enjoy that. But then it just gets boring. Like, what, what is she gonna do? And uh, it's crazy. She never told me this, of course, because she never wanted to worry me. But um, this was only like, actually, matter of fact, I think this was this year. We, me and my mom had like a really deep heart to heart, where she was saying how like depressed she was. Um, I was like what she lost some purpose yeah yeah and i was like in my head i'm thinking what uh this is this is my this is my world this is my only thing in my life and um yeah she was just saying how uh everything is so perfect but she's like everything is so perfect she's got this beautiful son that is doing exactly what he wants and he's achieving all these great things and and he's able to look after her and this and that, but she is not able to, I mean, she can do whatever she wants, but what is there to do? What is she can, what can she do? You know, she doesn't know. So yeah, and then, and then, uh, and also not only did she feel like this, I also felt like this as well, but we never spoke to each other because I didn't wanna, I never, ever, 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 not only my mum, but just any female in my life, I never told them any of my problems. Um, we can talk about this if you want in a second, because I think it's the most ridiculous thing you can do. Um, so I never told my mom, of course, any of my problems, especially my what's going on in here. So when she said this, I'm like, I felt like that as well, <laughs> because I lost my purpose as well. I was yeah. like, well, well, uh, after you know a month, of course it's exciting. I finally achieved it, my dopamine, etc. But then after a month, I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? I can get the watch, but I don't care about the watch. And get the car, but care about the watch so for me for me what, what it came down to was traveling so that's when i went traveling and that's where, how we got into kind of what i do now with my business model with RFM. Yeah, I, I
0: think i think that fascinates me because you needed to go and find something new something else to build and as men we're either building or we're destroying and that is very very true and you had built and then you were like okay what next yeah. so again i don't always agree with people like oh travel and find yourself and like i'm gonna go in my gap year and whatever else because some people just do it in a way to like escape from the reality of like what they're probably going to go back and do the yeah. normal job that they would have done the year before anyway. But you certainly didn't. You went away for traveling and you
1: built Aura. Am I saying that correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. correct yeah.
0: How did that come about?
1: So it's an interesting one. Um, and, and by the way just to wrap up that story about my mum by the way she's obviously very happy now um, did she
0: find an, a new focus then how did you help her
1: yeah correct uh so she's got a new cat now and uh it's so funny bless her she absolutely loves like plants and flowers uh, and, and things things of that nature uh, and i've actually just got her a new house as well i haven't this is the first time i'm saying it ever and i've never posted this well, congratulations private, mate. thank you this is a private victory of mine that i've not said on social media um, it's not a secret, of course, I'm you know I'm happy to to say to people, but it's just, um, I don't know, it's just for me and my mom, you know. Um, it's one of those things which is really interesting as well. We'll go back to kind of how Aura started in just a second, but what's interesting as well, I speak to Harry about this all the time. Harry's like my brother, by the way. Um, I speak to him all the time. It's like when you are a young man and you are starting to make money and you know you you're maybe starting from zero and you're now making ten thousand or five thousand, you want to tell the world. And you, you might exaggerate a little bit. You're like, I'm actually making 20K, but- You have no idea how many videos you see where somebody like they, the
0: amount they make per month changes every single time. <laughs> like, Join my mentorship and make 60K per month. Join my mentorship and make 80K per month. And you're like, bro, last week it was 60. What happened? Yeah. Oh, new contract. <laughs>
1: happens right but yeah it's it's interesting because when you're starting out you want to tell the world what you have when you don't have it but when you get older and more mature and, and you know what you actually have you want to tell you don't want to tell the world what you have. You know it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting cause and also this when you get older you start to understand why Real wealth, obviously, I'm nowhere near it, but I'm starting to understand why real wealth—it it speaks for itself. You, they don't wear Louis Vuitton, Gucci everywhere. They don't have your your bright green Lamborghini, you know.
0: Well, we were talking about the the kind of style that you're leaning into now with the blazer and the yeah. the, the, the clean white tee. It's very like classic
1: yeah yeah And but it's
0: not too gearish
1: I think I think it's maturing as well I mean I just turned 25 years old uh, in, in October um I I genuinely see it a little bit childish no offense to anybody who's watching but uh not childish I just, I just People, people go through phases as well. Correct. You, and I, you, I was you've learned your lessons, bro. I was wearing them, of course. There's nothing wrong with it. I, in matter of fact, Louis Vuitton is is probably my, still my favorite brand. I absolutely love it. Um I just, yeah, I just think you mature as uh, as you get older, of course, as, as natural. But in terms of aura, um, I'll give everybody just a really quick rundown, and then I would love to go into so many different topics well, uh, uh, after that, bro. Um, so aura at this point, like I said, I'm still running my um, marketing agency, um, and I am uh, co- uh, running the coaching business. Also with a marketing agency, I was initially working with car dealerships only. That was my, my niche, if you want to call it. Uh, C19 happened and uh, they all shut down. Well, they locked, uh, you know, they, they, they shut for a bit and obviously what's the <laughs> number one expense. That they're Let's gonna cut? cut
0: marketing immediately, yeah.
1: 100%. I mean, who, who do you have to market to when you're shut, right? So I understand it, whatever, and they wanted to go on pause and in my head I'm thinking, right, well, I lost them. <laughs> so then I'm thinking, what can I, well, who, who else can I work with? Um, I thought about e-commerce, but it doesn't excite me and it, I don't care about it uh law firms made a lot of sense to me law firms they have a lot of money they're open if anything they're quite busy your can... first
0: podcast appearance i could find was from 2021 you were talking about um doing doing work in that space and i find that yeah. fascinating because um one of my friends runs a online coaching business out here agnes and she's really successful and her high ticket offering is to lawyers in the us who are really really wealthy but are massively out of shape and guess what there's probably lawyers that are extremely skilled but have no idea how to market themselves yeah, and yeah. you're solving the itch that they just can't scratch because they just don't quite know how and yeah. you with your skill set is like something that's of like high value to them and these people have high levels of income to invest to get the result that they want.
1: That's a perfect niche right and they're always they're able, they're able to work from home like for example when I was when I first started working with them they were all work, working from home and also I had absolutely no idea and even about law firms I mean I've never gone to law school I don't even have a suit at this point right. And I didn't know what's, what I was gonna get myself into. And um, you know, I'm not gonna talk too much about it. I we can if you want, but uh, my, my favorite client out of all of the lawyers that we were you know, of course, most of them were like how you imagine a lawyer. Very fucking formal, a bit older, you know, very, very straight or forward and God, it wasn't it wasn't fun to say the least. But there was one that I absolutely—he's he's literally like a friend of mine, like a mate of mine, still to this day, and we haven't worked together now for like three years, four years. Um, his name da- his name is uh, Dan Murphy, uh, MD law in Canada. Um, absolutely incredible guy. He's a criminal lawyer by by um, by law. Um, or by trade, sorry, criminal lawyer, and uh, he has multiple different law firms. I think he's now going to family law, etc. Um, honestly, everybody check him out. He's an absolute superstar, and he was just so much fun. You know, he was a he was an older guy, yeah. You know, the same as what you would imagine as a lawyer. But when I say he was so much fun, it's like because he's a criminal lawyer, he's dealing with like <laughs> <some> naughty folk. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And he had so many funny stories. Yeah, it just that's it, that's so cool. Though. And yeah.
0: you get to meet so many interesting people in the. Different niches that you've worked yes. within as well, which is
1: which is yeah. great. And that's what I loved as well, learning from all these different smart individual people who have walked different walks of life and, and so on.
0: So, when you're traveling, how mm. does of come on your radar.
1: Yeah so, yeah, so I'm running both the agency and the coaching. Um, and uh, at this point, you know, I'm single, by the way. I'm traveling. This is the first time I'm really traveling because, like I said, at this point, I, uh, of course, I, I, I left the uh, the little house share. And uh, at this point, by the way, in my life as well, I had two options. I remember this so vividly. It's on my Instagram still. I posted a story. I mean, I obviously was going to make the decision anyway, but I was just curious what, what people were going to say. And I've done one of those polls on an Instagram story. And it was either... Um, Uh, Stay in Colchester and get the biggest penthouse in Colchester that I've always dreamed about ever since I moved to Colchester. There's only one. And it's beautiful. You walk in, it's um, double uh, double floor windows from floor to ceiling. Beautiful, right? It's either stay in Colchester, get the penthouse and get a supercar, or start traveling. And uh, most people actually voted for traveling. And I was going to do that anyway. Um, Because in my head I'm thinking, well, I can always do the penthouse and car anyway at another point but the traveling it's like, I can't do the other way. If I get the penthouse in the car, and then I go traveling, it's like, yeah, you know? So I went went traveling. And as I'm traveling, you know, um, I'm a young guy, I'm I'm making a bit of cash, so I'm going out, I'm I'm meeting these um, uh, beautiful women, and uh, long story short, one of them, of course I knew what OF was at the time, but I never really looked at it as a business model, of, of course not. And I was seeing this one chick, and she was doing OF and it wasn't until like we, we were laying next to each other and she was showing me like the earnings I can't remember. It was like five ten thousand that she was making and I was like am I I'm thinking Okay, but what's stopping you from doubling it? Why don't you make like 20, thirty thousand? And she was like, well, yeah, I can like my friends are and I'm like, well, why don't you Because I'm always like I'm always business minded right when always so I'm like, why don't you and she's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you do. Like what's stopping you? Like, come on. And she goes, all right, well, I don't know. Like I just need more people to the page. Like, I need marketing. As soon as I heard the word marketing, there was a light bulb that went up in my head. I was like, Bingo! I know. I've been onto about marketing. I run a marketing agency. She was like, Really? Because I would always, I never tell girls like what I do. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm an underwater demolition expert. I work for SpaceX. I always tell these different things. I'm not even. One of my
0: one of my friends always says he drop dropships flags. <laughs> and he's like, I drop shit like Union Jacks and yeah. Palestine flags and Israel flags and whatever else. And you're like, oh my goodness, mate, you why know, are you um, doing
1: that? You know Rory, Andrew Tate's friend? Yeah. <laughs> he was speaking to him and he said that he's a, uh, a dolphin instructor <laughs> and, he, and he teaches dolphins. <laughs> and Mad. So like, right. like,
0: come on, come on, like Again, humor <laughs> means yeah, a lot. Yeah. You can connect with people on that
1: basis. So, um, so, yeah, so I was like, great, Marcus, I can help you. Um, so we started working together and I was literally telling them that right, post here, do this, be more consistent, da-da-da-da-da. And before you know it, she doubled her income within the first month, within the first 30 days. And, uh, you know, I didn't didn't obviously take any money initially, but then I'm like, okay, well, and and she was obviously saying, please help me more. Like, I don't know what the hell you've done, but I need more of it. And I said, listen, I'm making a decent amount of money here. If you want me to actually help and I'm going to invest my time and energy, I need to be paid. She was like, how much? And in my head, I'm thinking, it's not, and I'd bear in mind as well, and we spoke about this earlier when you said that um, the door-to-door job, you held 2,000 pounds or you know dollars, whatever, in your pocket, which then makes you realize and remember that this isn't a lot of money you can ask. It. So in my head, like I said, for context, I'm making around 30,000, 35,000 a month at the time. So to me, it wouldn't be even worth asking her for 1,000, 2,000. It wouldn't be worth my time. So I was like, how? But then if I ask her for like 10,000 to pay me, she's going to freak out. It's going to be a lot of money. So then I said, okay. Well, how about we just go hubs? You do all the content, you do all that, because I can't do that, but I'll do everything else. I'll do the marketing, I'll do the chatting, this and that, don't worry, I'll get, I'll get all that sorted. She's like, all right, let's do it.
0: You had a value proposition for her that ticked her boxes, you removed the part of OF that she probably struggled with.
1: Struggled, didn't enjoy, time consuming. I mean, look, I think a lot of people who are maybe listening to this for the first time, and also really, really quickly to explain what is OF. I mean, essentially, think of it this way. I manage loads of influencers, loads of, um, we only have girl models, right? Models who wanna post pretty pictures, videos, and uh, be influencers and celebrities. Now, there's different ways of monetizing um, their following, and one of them, of course, is OF. It's the most common one, of course, right? This is why it's called OFM, because everybody recognizes what OF is. But there's so much more to it. There, There are brand deals, there are events, collaborations. I can go on and on. Um, so. Anyway, why would a model, because a lot of people do not understand this, they can't fathom, why would a model give away 50 60% when, I mean, that's a lot of chunk of, of, of money, right? Well, think of it this way. If you're going to do it by yourself, which you're more than welcome to, and I know some girls who are doing it back in the UK and they're making good money, well, if you're going to do it all by yourself, well, here's what you got to think about and and consider. You've got to think of the content, plan it. You've got to record slash shoot the content, edit it, publish it. When I say publish on two, well, first of all, two different, um, sides, You've got the social media side which has like four or five different platforms on it You then have to reply to the comments on there. You have to engage with the followers You also have to post on OF. You have to reply to the messages there Stay up till three and four in the morning because that's when it's busiest All of that to then only um, You know also maybe make three four five thousand, you know I'm gonna ask you bro a random question and just say whatever you think in your head. What do you think the average? Income is on OF.
0: Okay, so I've done a little bit of research and preparation for okay. this it's
1: a lot lower than
0: most people assume because there's a lot of outliers that skew the figures so there's girls that make literally millions and then there's of course girls that you work with that are tens hundreds of thousands um i believe the the top one percent are making like above 100k a month or something like that and you can please correct me in the figures but maybe the average is i don't know a couple thousand a month less,
1: less. 150 wild 150 dollars is the average <laughs> But of course, you've got to remember, you know, there's over, I mean, I don't know total how many accounts from the creator side, because mm. you've got creator side or a fan side, right? From the creator side, I don't know total, but there's actively 2 million monthly active creators. 2 million. So that's how many potential clients I have to work with, right? And there's no, I don't really As have much business, competition. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, you know, there's, uh, I know it's 150 average, um, but that's probably, I don't know, probably 10, uh, probably more than, yeah, way more than that. Maybe 50 million creator accounts, and out of those 50 million, there's probably a good 20 million that are just inactive, which then also count towards the average. So you got to remember that. But I mean, yeah, the average person is is 150 dollars uh, a month. Um, but you know, if somebody who's actually putting in some effort, so just even little amount of effort, you're going to make around a thousand. 1.5 thousand which is still nuts
0: yeah exactly that it, i've got a couple of questions on psychology the first of them is psychology with clients and the second will be psychology with people that are using the app and buying Clients the fans yeah yeah so from a psychology perspective as you as an, an agency owner and managing these clients how do you build
1: up trust and rapport with a girl to work with you okay great so all of it is reliance on referrals this is the biggest industry when it comes to referrals right because there's a lot of trust involved in. I mean, you got to remember these girls. A lot of them are posting, you know, explicit content. Most of them are, as you can imagine, right. And I think a lot of people also don't realize that OnlyFans, OnlyFans isn't just explicit content. You, you mean you can post whatever you want on there, um, but a uh, you know majority of it is explicit content. So. You've got to remember that these girls are going to have to trust a random person on the other side of the world who they've never met and they probably will never meet with not only explicit content of themselves, but then also their income, their social medias, if they're going to give login details for that, obviously log into the OF page and so on and so on. So there's a lot of trust involved in it. So, trust is the number one thing. Now, how can you build trust? Well, um, first of all, there's there's three things that I say that you must have, right? Uh, Or at least the the, the model has to have with you: it's no like and trust you. If the model doesn't know you or like you or trust you, well, she's not going to work with you. The easiest way to have no like and trust with somebody is if you meet them in person. That's the best way to then build that. I mean, second is obviously online, Zoom calls, et cetera. But then you have to get them on a Zoom call and it's, t- you know, it's tedious, et cetera. So most of the first clients for most agencies are uh, girls or guys, whatever. somebody that you met in person. Maybe you went to university with them, you worked with them, maybe a friend of yours from school, whatever. So that's typically your first client, and then from there on, you do a great job. He or she will then have friends, and then they'll tell their friends, and then so on and so on. I mean, for us right now, I mean, I'm in a very, very uh different uh, what's the word? Um, unorthodox place where I'm at right now. Like, most people are not at my stage. Um, but I have loads of girls coming to me and wanting to work with me just because of my social media. I've put reputation, out there.
0: proof of concept, um, oh my god. Sarah did this with you I would love to Correct. do this as well that, that that that's a position that you've earned the right to, to be in, so I can put understand that so you've got you're able to build that trust through no no like um and, tr- and trust alongside that can we get into the fans side of things because sure. it's interesting that as a male and your team I guess are predominantly male as well which I think is interesting are running that side of things for the, the girls. And they're of course, more than, more than often than not, I imagine dealing with male fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack. I think, first of all, I think also a lot of people don't understand why would anybody go on OF as a fan and pay money? So I think you, there, there's kind of, well, I guess there's three um, different departments, if I was to say, or three different categories of fans, right? You've got ones who are actively just thinking about, I'm gonna go in there, spend money which is actually a small amount. Then there's the middle, who is like, oh, um, I'm gonna go in there and maybe see kind of what, what this, what this girl's about, da-da-da. And then there's the third one, which is the most common one, which is um, they, they don't know, they don't expect to go on OF and spend money. It's maybe perhaps somebody who's just scrolling on social media, they might see this hot chick, and they're just curious. <laughs> it's $5, they just wanna see, you know? So those are kind of the three categories. Um, I think um, I, uh, so. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and say as much as possible about the fan side of it, and then we can go kind of We're about it. the creators, right? The second thing I wanted to mention about the fan side of it is nobody is forcing anybody to do it. You have to be of age, you have to be 18 and over minimum. To so you're in a, so you're in a grown adult. Nobody's forcing you to go on this platform. Um, so you're making your own decision. I think um, I think Tristan or Andrew even gave this example, which is uh, which is it just makes sense. Is look. If somebody, if there's a liquor store open, right? And there's a guy who walks past it and he buys alcohol and then he becomes an alcoholic or he does something. Is that the liquor store's fault? Or you know, is, or is that the individual's fault? Are they just providing something, right? So you're, you're in a grown adult. It, you make your own decisions. No one's forcing you to stay on a platform or go on a platform in the first place. And it's just online. If you really just turn off your phone, it's not It's not that big of a, of a problem. Um, I think uh, I'll say this, which is I think perhaps uh, a little bit uh, maybe controversial. Is OF a net positive or a negative? I think it's a net negative. But look, I think it's an easy way to make money. There's also a lot of positives from it. I think I think a lot of girls, I mean, for us, we have models who have helped retire their parents. We have models who have bought cars. They have moved into new houses. I mean, they've obviously bought new handbags and stuff like that as well. But the biggest things are like help, being able to help their families and stuff, being able to quit their uh, uni because they genuinely hate it and they don't want to do it. And now they're able to live life on their own terms, et cetera. We also focus on what happens after OF, because I think most agencies, I mean, I don't know any other agency that focuses on this. What happens after? Because, look, you're going to get old. (laughs) No one's going to be interested in you forever. right? There's not going to be a market for you forever. What happens after? So that's why when I say it's called OFM, because most people have known about OF, but we focus on so much more. We focus on brand deals, influencers, um, merchandise, which is building the long-term longevity of that person right so anyway um, in terms of fans no one's forcing them they need to be 18 and over and the liquor analogy was 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 really great because it it just makes sense you know the money they're going to spend the money anyway it's completely up to the person again like i said nobody is forcing that person to do anything i think
0: a lot of it comes down to connection doesn't it
1: because
0: in today's day and age of course they could just go on to A a porn website for free free, right but they've picked OnlyFans because they feel like as a subscriber there's a level of access yeah well it's that
1: intimacy it's that connection yeah Yeah. and that's what people are missing correct you're right and don't get me wrong a lot of the time so one thing that you mentioned and a lot of people uh, don't understand as well about the whole chatting side of it so, um, there's, there's so many ways of doing it, but I think the, the core thing of it is look, there's a certain level that the model will get to where she physically cannot reply to every single message. Right. And most guys, they're not that stupid. Like they know they're not talking to the girl. If she's at a Hundreds certain level, of of followers, there's no way, yeah, yeah. right. However, however. The reason why they're still on there and the reason why they are are going to spend money is to get that that personal content, that that private video, photo, or a Zoom call, whatever it is. For those that need to understand
0: it, what is the the scaling? Because you've got like your subscriptions and then you've got the the layer below that, which is the chatting and personal content as well. Yeah,
1: so the chatting is where like 80% of the income should come in. Okay, wow. there's no right or wrong. I know I, we even have one model where it's nearly 50-50 uh, from subscriptions and the customs, but that's because she's going viral right now. Um, but most most of the time it's 80-20. 80% is from the customs and the DMs. 20% is from subscriptions. It can be $4, um, 15 whatever. It's up, to, it's up to the person. And that
0: gets somebody in the top of the funnel and then they maybe want something correct exactly for them for their taste or fetish or whatever they're into.
1: Correct, yeah fascinating so and then i think also as well um it's not like some revolutionary crazy thing that's just come about in in the sense that people are paying for this type of of thing right it's i mean i i I get it's digital but people have been going to strip clubs for god knows how many decades you know um you know sex work is not this new revolutionary thing i mean it is it's a very unorthodox business model i understand that um and I, I'm the one to say it myself, it, I think overall it's a net negative, but there's a lot of positive that can come from it. I, I'm not doing this for, to, to do it for the rest of my life. I get that. And also I, I'm fully aware that this is online. <laughs> this is gonna be online forever, as in me doing this and you know, yeah, et cetera. So I'm not oblivious to that. Um, but look, I think th- there's so many ways of making money online um have you heard the phrase make hay when the sun shines no well like when the sun shines let's make hay. There so you go.
0: It, we're in an environment where of is huge it's growing people are spending more money in it you have a skill set which can help the girls to maximize their income Correct. let's do it
1: i think the biggest thing that i really want to advocate whether you're a girl watching this and you want to either start of or you're already doing it or if you're an agency or not who wants to start already doing it um the biggest thing is just please think about the longevity because this all online is is, is forever. I mean, it's this our
0: footprint, isn't it?
1: Correct. So whether you're an, a creator, I mean, that's obviously going to be on there forever. But even if you're an agency owner, I mean, look, you 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 are responsible of these girls. It's your responsibility. You're you're their manager. So it's up to you to make sure that one they're safe, um, two they they have an exit plan, and three they're happy with what they're doing. Right. So. That's why for us, you, you know, I mean, now again, we're in a very different stage, but we don't work with girls who are starting out. Um, you know, that's not something. There needs to be proof of them having relative success in the platform to to do correct to do that. So for so for my business right now, by the way, um, there's kind of three different departments. Um, me personally, and uh, you know, the department that I'm really hands on with, we only have four models, anywhere from ninety thousand to a quarter of a million a month per month. Oh. Then the, the mid department is where we can help models go from uh, 50,000 to 100,000 a month. And then the first department is where we go help models go from zero to around 50, normally around 30,000 and then they move on. I, I don't really have anything to do with the first two departments anymore. I used to, but not anymore. And we never had those departments because it just wasn't worth our time. Um, but because my YouTube and my social media is kind of blowing up and I'm getting, so it's just wasted money if I don't try to work with as many And you have the awesome. knowledge
0: to create courses and platforms and services that work within those. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be silly to leave that on the table.
1: Correct. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, so there's a lot to unpack, but th- that's mainly uh, kind of, I, th- I think I covered most of the things Where that do on you my th-
0: Where do the biggest revenues come from? You said subscriptions are sometimes 20% yeah. and then um, individual content. When a guy's on there, I, I was saying that like the chatters that are doing the messages are typically guys that you're hiring. What do they understand or what coaching do they get in order to be successful at getting the fans to spend money?
1: Well, this is another great thing about this business model compared to like, pardon me, uh, compared to like SMMA that I used to do, right? So with SMMA, if you want to, again, social media marketing agency for somebody who's not uh, caught up with that, for if you want to automate it or delegate or hire people, for most of the roles, you're going to need somebody who is of high level uh, of a certain thing. So if you wanted to outsource the actual ads side of it, you can't just hire some random person who doesn't even know what business manager is and, and doesn't even know how to navigate around there. You can't. I mean, you really can, but it's, it's going to ruin your business, right? Um, if you want a, a sales rep, well, you got you to gotta find somebody who's great at sales. Um, and it's There's a lot of them, but they are gonna charge a lot, right? And so on and so on and so on. With this business model, I mean, what do they have to do? Just message, reply Mm -hmm. to messages. Oh, you ready? Okay, boom, boom, boom. As long as they have time on their hands and their English is great, they're hired, right? What do we train them? What do we teach them? That's within our business, we'll we'll keep that private. But again, there's certain things I can say. It's all about psychology. That's what it comes down to, right? Um, The reason why, remember when I said there's three different categories of, of spenders, right? One of the biggest ones are the ones who don't want, never never thought of of, of actually spending money on that. Um, well, that's most people. Uh, mo- most people uh, don't necessarily, I mean, I, 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 these are not statistics. These just from my kind of what I see. Your when, experience when, and
0: you've got good num- figures and data to go off.
1: When they say, right? Um, yeah, it's a lot of the time it's just something where it's like they, they're a little bit curious and they're like, oh, it's $5, fuck it. But these $5 over a course of a month, over a course of hundreds of thousands of people across social media, that's where the money adds up. Right? Yeah,
0: and then the guys are paying beyond that. So this guy that was curious that signed up for the subscription to see her feed pays extra for a voice note from the girl for correct. explicit video or explicit photo of a particular thing that they're into. Correct. And that, like, like what kind of costs are attached to those?
1: Um, so that, again, will definitely depend. It's all Depends it on how
0: exclusive the model
1: is, I guess, as well. Correct. How popular she is, um how many fans, she, there's so many things, yeah. Um, but it will mainly depend on uh, her social media presence. So that's why for us, I mean, this is free advice for anybody who wants to build an agency. You want to make your model seem exclusive. like. I mean, again, this goes back to the first thing that I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is like, if something's easy to get, it does, there's not a lot of value attached to it, right? But if something's really hard to attain, then it seems more valuable. You want it more naturally as humans. That's how we are. So that's why with our models, I mean, the social media, like Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, you can yeah, they look sexy, of course, but it's not it's not like, hey, this is
0: That's the top of the funnel and they're getting a glimpse, they can't get the full shebang. Otherwise, right. why on earth would anyone go deeper down and Correct. pay as they go through the yeah. tiers? Do you see any particular types or demographics of girls do better on OEF than others?
1: Um I would say I would say um, there is of the both of the spectrums of age, right? Um so you've got obviously uh, the younger girls, are of course, you know, um, uh, doing the best out of, out of any. Um, I think just naturally as men, um Weird, I guess, but uh, naturally, youth I guess,
0: is an attractive trait. I I, I, was, I see where you're going with that. I yeah, I was
1: gonna say not not perhaps weird. It's only weird, obviously, if you're talking like below the eight, eighteen. That's that's just that's that's bad. That's wrong. I'm just saying in the sense that like yeah, I think obviously a lot of um the fans they might be quite a lot older, but then they are going to subscribe to a fan who's 18, 19, 20 That's you know that's weird, but hey, everyone's everyone's got their thing, whatever. Um, so yeah, the younger, uh, like you said, the youth is attractive. So um, eighteen to um, um, like 25 what will, will do the, the best and uh, a lot of the models who are 25 they, they say they're like 19 <laughs> 20 right uh, yeah, just a really
0: good skincare routine and some Botox <laughs> yeah, to, <find>. yeah.
1: <laughs> to still kind of have that have that brand um and uh, then you obviously have the uh the, the kind of milf cougar side now in the middle um it doesn't really tend like any uh, like 25 to like
0: you, you've or got less 30. clients in there that are doing the big numbers.
1: Because they typically want one or the other, right?
0: What, what are the biggest numbers that you see that have like really like been like, wow
1: for you? Per month? Yeah. So this wasn't a model that I managed myself, but I've seen it in my own eyes. was 1.8 million a month. <laughs> oh my God. 1.8 million a month. It's a funny story, actually, really, really quickly. Um, so this was two years ago, I want to say. Bear in mind, I don't know nobody who's doing this. Uh, two years ago, right? And I go to this uh, night out in London and uh, to this club and I'm there with my friend and he's brought a bunch of his friends. I don't know any of them. <clears throat> I'm just there with my friend. Went to this, um, where was it, Club Live or Rain, one of these like exclusive clubs. And I'm there and you know, I'm doing all right by this point, I'm making 50,000 um, a month. I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, look at me, I'm doing good. Um, and also I'm the only one who does OF. I didn't know anybody else who does OF. So, Anyway, I'm at this club now and we go inside da, 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 and we're dancing at the table, but we'll show this and that. And one of my friend's friend, he's like, hey, bro, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I do. I do OFM. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I manage these girls. I do this and that. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, bro. I get my phone out. I'm showing him like the um the earnings, like how much, because he was asking me about the money. I'm showing him and I'm thinking he's about to be mad, mad like uh, impressed, right? I'm like, yeah, this model is making like 30, 40, 50,000. And then he goes gets this doesn't say anything gets his phone out and he opens up his phone loads it and he just goes like this and he just like refreshes and it says 1.8 million per month i'm like what Wild. i don't know anybody who's doing it let alone somebody who's making this much i'm like what is going on and uh for anybody who's curious i'm definitely not going to say who it is um because he, he's also faceless like he doesn't um he doesn't show his face at all. Um, but if anyone's curious how he's able to do that, well, one he, he manages um, a lot of—I wouldn't say where, but a lot of um, big corn stars. I think I can say that. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and and also and also he ha- he owns the biggest meme pages. Um, that you can think of,
0: which you can funnel traffic through as well, because that, uh, you were talking about socials as well, and yeah. you guys obviously manage not just when somebody comes behind the paywall, but you're managing getting people in through their different social right. media platforms, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Talk, we're talking
1: hundreds of millions of impressions. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's how he was able to do it. And he's walking me through it, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting light bulb moments. Like, I'm well, like this is we, crazy. we were
0: speaking before, and in terms of the time we've got together, we won't go deep on this story, but you were saying about meeting individuals, like um, you mentioned Adam Power. Um, and how important it was to meet people who were doing big revenue for you to realize just how capable you might be of doing huge revenue. And I think seeing an OF creator doing that, you're like, okay, well, what my girls are gonna be capable of similar or at least reaching a number that is staggering in that perspective as well.
1: You know, I was gonna say this when you're talking about the money in your pocket with with the sales job, I think it's so important that once you do have the money and you're able to spend it, AKA like you have maybe something saved away and you're able to spend it, just do it, please just do it. Because the more you spend, the more it comes back. It's this crazy thing that never made sense to me when I was younger. And I heard this all the time. And I'm like, oh, shut up, fuck up. yeah, yeah, cool. You spend more, you make more, whatever. But here's how it works. And it's the same as what you were saying earlier, my friend. It's the fact that you start to spend, let's just say, Let's just say right now you're making what is the average wage in the UK? Twelve
0: hundred. No, but twenty twenty-eight thousand a year. So okay, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. So let's just say you're you're making um you know one point five. Let's just say let's just say you're making after tax and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: So Tax in the UK is ridiculous, mate. Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to
1: have to move out here. Yeah,
0: that's why I'm here.
1: <laughs> so you're making, uh, making 1.5 thousand a month, right? Uh, after you're all, all expensive, let's just say you have a car, let's just say maybe you don't live with your parents or whatever. After all your expenses, your night's out, you're left for about seven, eight hundred pound a month, yeah? So to you, most likely, three thousand pounds is like a lot of money. And by all means, I'm not saying that it's a chump change or a small amount of money. Three thousand pounds is... to a lot of people it's a lot of money but let me just make this point if you're starting a business and you're constantly, you've never spent two, three thousand pounds ever you're constantly going to think that's a lot of money and when you think that's a lot of money you can't charge that because in your head you're thinking if that's a lot of money that's a lot of money to you. You're, 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 you're potentially looking to work with this person who's making 20, 30, 40, 50,000 a month. So 3,000 is like,
0: yeah, only 3,000? percentage of their income. Yeah, you're, 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 you're so, so right. And becoming calm with those figures is vital for so something to scale to where you're at.
1: So important. And it wasn't until I started spending this money that I was able to charge my clients this much money. Because it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, it's only 4,000. Because I spent 4,000 last week. But if I didn't, then to me, it'd be like...
0: More intimidating.
1: Yeah, correct, right? But because he, you normalize these numbers, and that's why I love living here, it's incredible. I was um, at a nightclub. Uh, no, I think it was the uh, yacht party uh, literally yesterday. I was with uh, my friend Lewis McGarry, by the way. And uh, what was the conversation? I think it was about a private jet we were talking about. And uh, we said, uh, oh, yeah, you know, for an hour, it's uh, it's only 40,000 40, an hour. It's a mid-sized jet, so it's a pretty big one. <laughs> he go. He laughs, and he goes, oh, "Yeah, only." And I'm like, oh, "Fuck, yeah, I did say only." <laughs> and and I swear to God, I, I'm not saying this to like sound arrogant or anything. The reason why I'm saying this is because you need to. I promise you, this is one of the best pieces of advice I'm going to give you guys. Once you're starting to make a bit of cash and you and you know you ha- you're doing it right for yourself, we were able to move out and move to a different city, etc. Please do it. Move to a big city where you're surrounded by money, surrounded by wealth, because you start to hang around with people. Here, for example, I just, I genuinely just say out loud the phrase only X amounts because it is only X amount. To everybody else here, that is only X amount. If Correct. when I go back to the UK, I was in the UK about a month ago now, I would never say something like that. If anything, I felt really, really uncomfortable when people are asking me how much I'm making and how much was this R rate and how much was this. I feel really uncomfortable because I know when I'm about to say that number- it's gonna- You're in a
0: less abundant, more scarce environment where the general income is lower and the general perception of money is lower and the circles that you mix in here are pushing you to that yeah. next level as well. Yeah. And interestingly, the podcast has allowed me to do that as well and scale what I do, but also the people that get to listen to this on a weekly basis are getting constant exposure Love to it, people yeah. that are talking about all sorts of things, not just internet money, but all sorts of things about brain, body, business that are helping them yeah. to level up as well. And I think we've really given them a big insight and we've probably only scratched the surface of some of the places that you and i could go in conversation <laughs> marcus but i've loved the conversation i hope you have as well if people want to continue the conversation with you where should they head towards
1: yeah anywhere on in social media at marcus hustle um also one more i think i'll say as well Um by the way one more thing i'll say whenever people follow me on social media um there are so many fake accounts of me everywhere um <laughs> so if you are going to follow me just make sure that you're about the... to be bombarded by the other ones yeah, yeah so just make sure if you're going to do it click the link in your in your description yeah exactly um, that marcus. but yeah just a little heads up but yeah thank you so much for having me on it's uh, honestly like i said earlier this is one of my favorite podcasts i've ever done
0: yeah beautiful marcus thank you so much for that and thank you to the listener i'll be back to speak to you all again very very soon